The and pipes welcome. on this guy. Oh, god damn. And welcome to We the Peeps. What is this? It's the American Soccer Podcast in which you're going to get to know all the things that you need to know about the resurgent, the insurgent. Not one. Not two. <laughs> but six things that you need to know about the USMNT. I am Clayton, and I'm an artist. I'm Ty. I'm an entrepreneur. And we love the Nats. That we do. That was fun. It's we the peeps. It's we the peeps. Welcome to we the peeps. Are you ready for we the peeps? Holy moly, it's we the peeps. The game was USA versus Martinique. You know it, you love it. Twas the second of our games in the group stage of the Gold Cup. And we won it. We won it 6-1, folks. 6-1. Not a uh, not a small amount of goals in this one. And plenty to talk about. Way more fun than last Touchdown. time. Touchdown, baby. No extra point on that, but... Um, We'll, we'll check in with Matt Turner about what went wrong <laughs> on the fundamentals of the, the kick from the spot. Um, folks, this was a fun one. We're going to talk about it all. As always, please, 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 let's do a little housekeeping. Please um, reach out to us on Twitter at WTP Pod. Hang out with us. Hang out with us live, live during the actual games. Turn off your broadcast. Pause your feed for about 30 seconds to four minutes to try to... <laughs> Get it depends up on with your us. distance, your your tube distance from us. Uh, but join us on YouTube's on your your tube um, while we watch these games live with you. It's really fun. You can comment. We'll respond live, um, and uh, realistically, you will see us react to everything that happens in the game a few minutes after it happens, which it I think is pretty fun. Um, so try it out. Uh, check us out on there, and then if you are looking for. Um, an even more immediate, even more visceral experience of We the Peeps, then go ahead and tune in right after the game to our YouTube stream where you can watch us record. Just hang out with us while we record. You see all the weird shit that goes on behind the scenes. That's right. YouTube-only content. And we tweet out the link usually when I remember. And we, you can also subscribe. And if you subscribe to the channel, then you get a little boop on your phone when we go live. That's one click Get and as a matter of fact i'll say this too we did a challenge today during our live stream <laughs> for folks we made it possible with a secret keyword to join our actual fubo account how legal is this i'm not sure i have no idea we'll we're not find selling out a seat to our fubo account we're just saying if you give us money to our unrelated patreon We'll let you. We'll become personal account. friends with yes, you. That's right. And thus and share, share our a Fubo household of Nat's fandom. Yes. Yes. Um, what else for the peeps? Oh yeah, of course the Patreon. Five bucks on there, become a ratified peep. It really makes a difference. This show is not free to produce, and we need you guys to to help us keep it going. Um, I think that's about it. Ender of author keeping. <laughs> Noises, noises, noises. noises. Wow. Noises. <laughs> wow. Broom noise. Um, broom noise, broom noise, broom noise. Uh, wow. What a, what a fun game this was. That was great. We, we won. The only way to start out this game recap is, of course, with a starting lineup. There, Line them up, boys. How many gloves? How many gloves for Matt Turner? They didn't bring uh, any gloves for any of the other keepers. <laughs> He's here to stay. There's only two gloves in this bitch, and they are both going to Matthew Turner. It's all yours, my guy. Um, the formation here is, I'm going to go with innovative. Innovative. We had three I, in the I, back. I, I buy innovative. Absolutely. Uh, three in the back. Center back of three, James Sands. Welcome in. Okay. Very nice. On the uh, left, it was Miles Robinson. On the right, it was... Captain Walker Zimmerman. Ho ho! 
All right, baby, you made it. You made it to the big leagues. In the middle, we're going to have what I perceive to be a dual eight scenario involving Eric Williamson and Gianluca Busio. Uh, and then we're going to have a couple players sort of marauding the wings. So are these wingbacks? Are they midfielders? We're not sure. Uh, but their names are Shaq Moore and George Bellow. We're sure of that. We are sure of that much. And then up front, we're going to have Daryl DK in the nine spot. Matthew Hoppy, because I'm happy. <laughs> Happiness is the truth. Happiness Hoppy is the truth. Yes. Up front, and then Christian rolled and rolled and rolled and rolled and rolled in. <laughs> Uh, that was our starting oh, lineup, man. folks. Substantially less fun to watch that side of the field. Whichever side of the field Christian Roldan ended up on throughout this one. <laughs> there was uh, some. Sw- there was one attempted switch in retrospect. They did the switch, and then Hoppy was like, "No, no, 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 dog, no, 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 no." I'm coming back over there to play with George Bello. Uh, guys, a lot of goals in this one. 14th minute, Daryl DK, okay, scored his first goal. What I want to what I want to focus in on though is this 23rd minute goal. Okay, that's the second of our USA goals, which is one of the strangest goals I've ever seen in my life. The another um, so so what actually happened here? It was a lot of bobbledy bobbledy. A lot of almost goal scoring from a number of U.S. players eventually comes to Daryl DK, who does take a decent rip at this one. It is blocked by the rear end of a Martinique player, and then who then attempts to clear it with a crazy ass scorpion back heel well, kick. Wait, was DK involved? I thought it was just off the bar to the Martinique to the to the scorpion kick. DK was, it was off the bar from a, so it was a a back heel from (laughs) Happiness is the Truth to Gianluca Busio, who rips it off of the crossbar, which then bops out to DK, who does take a shot, which is blocked by a Martinique player who attempts to clear it with this crazy ass scorpion kick thing, which would have been incredible, but then it went in the goal. It was like just, it was like a, it was like a Penenka it, it, just, that just like teasingly, you know, drifted into the if, goal. I've if never done seen... on purpose, anywhere on the field, any other situation, this would have been totally sweet. Unfortunately, <laughs> wrong place at the wrong time. Um, but the right place for us. The right and, place and for DK, us. It's very enjoyable. DK, DK celebrated. That's right. That's right. And that's why DK was, celebrated. Yeah, yeah. It was indeed an own goal. Yeah. Um, uh, and so that that was one that uh, DK claimed but did not score. But DK did score two two legit ones. The opener, which was a, a fine header, uh, yes, I think from Busio, right? Uh, it was not from Busio. I don't I'm think. Was, I think it was Bella, but we'd have, we'd have to look that up. Doesn't um, matter. But it was a cross a, a in. That's header. why DK. And then power header. We had a discussion around the like fifty eighth minute. Where we were just saying, you know, while Daryl DK has definitely, you know, had his moments where all he has to do is just smash the ball into the net, uh, he hadn't impressed us with the rest of his game. And then in the 59th minute, Daryl DK popped up with some, 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 some messy shit, honestly. It was, yeah, it was some messy shit. The first touch, maybe a little bit of fortune in that first touch, but the second and third. Um, Ty, as you aptly pointed out, are just the sweetest of sauce. Sublime. The su- sublime. sublime. Um, the, the, the setup for the finish, in the replay you see him do a Usain Bolt uh, tongue out celebration. I don't know what that, <laughs> just looked like he knew he could saw the matrix in that moment and he just was no longer, you know, playing by the rules of humanity and just perfect finish, right? O- just like taps it over the keeper with the inside of his foot. Gorgeous, really gorgeous finish. Um, amazing goal. And yeah, we both, I think at that moment had to shut the fuck up for, for a little while. <laughs> yeah, yes, indeed. Because God damn, that was tight that was, as hell. Yeah, that was genius stuff. Um, a couple other, a couple other, you know, WP, WTP highlights. Uh, Matthew Hoppy megging this motherfucker on, on a counterattack. Just gorgeous uh, as well. And, and, and um, 
I would say uh, another another nice WTP highlight was that for me the the final assist from Luca Busio to Nicholas Giacchini. Um, Busio, who had had a very nice game and was able to cap it off with a with a beautiful assist. Um, Ty, we're we're here. We made it to the finish line. It's it's one six, I believe. Are we? We're we're close on goal difference with with Canada. Um, what what are your first impressions? The Haiti game was definitely below par. If you think about what you expect from the U.S. national team in a tournament like the Gold Cup, and I wouldn't have said I was uh, I was shocked by that, given the the roster, given the circumstances, and the kind of you know makeup and and level of ambition shown by the federation when it came to how we approached the tournament. Uh, but it was a relief to see this team explode like this in the second game, and you know rightfully uh, put a big number up on a small team. That's something that. Many, many, many talented U.S. teams have failed to do in similar spots in the past, including so, this team. Like including four this days team, ago. four days ago. So, you know, when they they get criticized when they don't win by enough against certain opponents, and so they should get credit when they pull it off. And I think a lot of these players showed not you know not just Daryl DK but a lot of these players showed that we need to shut the fuck up about <laughs> some of their yeah. so it's the, about the level of quality of this roster I'll give them that there were lots of very strong moments of technique and and interchange but not going to get carried away it's above par but not very far above par and the real test is going to come on Sunday against Kaanada which Ka-Anada. I believe is if not a favorite uh, very, very close to uh, to even with the U.S. Uh, in in the constructions of these particular rosters, and will be one of the biggest tests that we face, no matter how far we go in the tournament. So, what do you think was going on with this with this uh, tactical situation here? It, it it was one of those. It's it's a formation we've never seen. Uh, from from Greg from Greggy B from G G G G G G G Greggy B and 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 it's a formation which I I think we've seen variations of it when it when I don't know it yeah it's, to to me it 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 all kind of um, melted together there was a lot of I think there were some specific concepts on display but it was a little bit hard to tell what was planned and what was just uh, Christian Roldan not knowing the plan and, and Matthew Hoppy just making decisions and doing whatever the fuck he wanted. So, uh, but from just, just going off of what we saw, uh, I did like, you know, we, we were discussing during the game that the challenge with the three back when you're expecting to be on the front foot is that all your attacks are short a potential attacking player because center backs tend to be not very useful at contributing to, you know, building attacking moves. Um, and what we saw a couple times in this game was that the the two wide center backs did actually split pretty far and started to even push up themselves in possession. So when the U.S. was in possession, it was kind of like a one back, um, and we had a lot of players participating in in you know circulating possession. That was that was incisive. Um, you know, the other danger with this formation in this situation is that because you have that extra man, everything kind of gets clustered around the center circle and you might have 70% possession or 80% possession, but it's essentially just, uh, you know, your, your back three and your midfielders passing the ball around to each other a lot, uh, which is not, not productive. So I was, I was glad to see the U S avoid that. Um, we, we, still continue to not see a whole lot of lumping it up to Daryl DK, which I would understand is a very tempting option. And uh, the U.S. is has always been under Berhalter committed to playing on the on the ground. And that is showing through in a new way with this kind of ersatz version of the team, which is very encouraging because that means that a lot of these players, when they go into that first group, uh, would be prepared to Contribute. What's that word now? You said ersatz. I did bootleg. What is bootleg? Yeah, I've never yeah. heard that in my life. 
Um, okay. So for me, the problem here is that there's no midfield three. The midfield three is 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 crucial to the way this actual team plays in its best Correct. form Correct. in its best yes. version of itself. I'm fine with moving around a back four, having a back three. I'm fine with that. I would even be okay with trying out a a, a striker duo. It's fine with me. But to 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 um, depart from a midfield center three for me is just too far. That's too far. It's that that's the that is the nucleus of what this team is and should be present no matter what else you do around that. I I am inclined to agree. And I think that watching Christian Roldan try to play winger again made me want to scratch my eyes out. And I'm sure, uh, you know, that that wasn't lost on (laughs) the rest of the team and the rest of the stadium. And I don't think it was lost on uh, whoever had their actual eye scratched out, James Sands. (laughs) Exactly, James. (laughs) Yeah, he was just so pissed about Roldan's performance. He had his actual eye. And whenever Roldan got into like winger-ish situations, it it tended not to go well either. He had the one move where he he like laid a ball off and then uh, hit a nice shot first time, but that was the only positive... uh, moment I can really remember. And um, so so anyway, so yeah, Roldan at winger is a hard no. Hoppy at support striker. I love that. I love I love Hoppy buzzing around um, Daryl DK. uh, And I got to jump in here and say that Matthew Hoppy was the one who got the assist to DK on his first goal. Okay, okay, yes. Even better. Hoppy looked great uh, coming in from the left. Even when he came in from the right, uh, he played in Playing out of the back, three. he was great. <laughs> uh, goal line clearances, all that. In the front three, he played as, like you said, essentially like a second striker. So I saw a lot of Tim Weah in the way that he played that role. Um, right, there's, right, right, right. There's some, some Tim Weah DNA there, which I love. I love that. I love that. It's it's an inverted winger, I suppose. Um what I saw from Matthew Hoppy today that was a little bit of a surprise to me was some body. Boy's yeah, got body. He's he's a he's a big kid. What, what happened? Yeah, what, yeah. We is it that people in the Bundesliga are bigger? I don't think so. <laughs> I think he grew. I think he actually grew. Yeah. I mean, he's is he he's twenty? I think maybe twenty one. So that's that's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. Or it's the hair. Um, so we we've been sort of on this side quest, this gold. This we've been forced to 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 allow the gold cup to be a little bit of a side quest um, by the the roster choice and uh, etc. We've accepted that. Okay, our goal here is to find out who can rise to the top. Who out of this sort of milieu? Uh, beneath the surface of the U.S. men's national soccer team is ready to rise to the top and and knock on some Ersatz some milieu. This Ersatz milieu. <laughs> this Merce milieu Ersatz. Uh, um, well, and Matthew Hoppy for one is looking ready. Come on in, baby boy. He's 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 on the boat for me now. Um, um, Daryl DK is is he's still borderline, still borderline. But I think, I don't. Would you rather have Sibachu or DK today? Yeah, it's tough, man. I would rather have DK today. I would rather have DK today as well. It's really hard though, and and um, I have to say it's not flattering to DK that Giassi Zardes subs in and scores like a really solid goal. Totally. Like no, you gotta, you have to grade on a curve in this kind of situation. But yeah, I mean, the other thing is like Sargent, you know, is ostensibly the number one and, and I don't think he's at any higher level than Hoppy, DK or Sibichu. So I think it's, it's just a, it's a big cluster right now for, for the nine spot. So I think those those players are a lot closer than you know Miles Robinson is to a to a starting spot or a a, a roster spot, for instance. Um, even even if their performances are like in relative terms very similar. Um, who else? We got to see some George Bella. What do you think? Didn't stand out to me. Uh, he had a, a a number of moments where he looked awkward 
uh, you know, moving play forward, which is the entire job of that, you know, wing, uh, winger slash wing back position. So Shaq Moore looked, looked a lot smoother. And I, I think again, you know, the, in comparison, uh, grading on a curve, you, you would have to say more, uh, you know, over the two games has showed that, that he can hang. So he's, he's definitely in there. The challenge with, with more, um, and Bello to an, uh, an extent is just that we we actually have ended up with a decent amount of fullbacks all of a sudden. Uh, like Yedlin came back from the dead. Yep. Dest happened. Anthony Robinson yeah, happened. Bello Bello was converted to a left back at a time when we had none. Right, right, right. right, right. What yeah, could exactly. have been? Yeah. What could have been if you know someone if Bello was coming up right now? Yeah, you know, what? Who he'd be developed into a nine back in back in '95 uh, when he was breaking the breaking into the Atlanta United. Now, first now, team. We're gonna have a hundred nines coming <laughs> out of the next. Yeah, generation. exactly. I hope so. Because um, everyone's just getting converted to nines right yeah, now. I hope so. I hope. So. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't okay. wasn't super impressed. Uh, but yeah, you know, yeah. give, give him time, and you know, I I, I don't think I, I definitely don't I wouldn't not have anticipated that this would be his moment, uh, given you know his trajectory, but it's, it's nice for him to have this opportunity with the group and to get integrated. And then I don't think he's one for this cycle, but maybe for next cycle. Boozy baby. What'd you think? Busio definitely looked, uh, he looked calmer than the last game. I think the last game, the, the moment definitely was, was a lot. And, you know, he didn't, he didn't look bad or uncomfortable necessarily, but I, I didn't think he was as crisp as he can be. And in this game, he, he looked a lot sharper and more comfortable. So, it's, it's what we expect expected to see coming into this tournament um, for him to be, you know, composed and dictating the rhythm and being somehow central to the attacking play, uh, and and he was so I think he he filled his role really really well. Um, but the question mark we had in the first game was about his defense, and Haiti put up a lot more of a challenge uh, to pin him back as a. Uh, six or six ish eight and uh martinique didn't really do much so we'll have to see against canada i hope he starts i hope he gets the chance to to prove himself in a higher level situation facing a little bit more pressure um, to see if he can actually play two ways you should have in a game like this a few high profile takes out of the midfield and he didn't you should have, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Who did? I um, guess, yeah, Hoppy, I feel like, had had one that was, like, really smooth. And Sands had a couple that were smooth. Sands, yeah. yeah. Sands had a couple nice takes. How Did Eric Williamson have any takes? So you Maybe said that you, you were yeah. surprised to see Eric Williamson in the position he was in? Yeah, I, I'm, I might just be out of the loop uh, with what he's doing with Portland. But I, I, I would have thought that, you know, in that 3-4-3 uh, three, situation that Roldan would be a much better fit alongside uh, Busio and then Williamson could play a winger opposite Hoppy. Um, but I thought in in where Williamson was playing, he he did pretty well. I, I, I didn't think he stood out too much one way or the other. And uh, and to be honest, like, I don't know, it's, it's another one of those players where I've just seen I've I've just seen Eric Williamson so much at at youth team level, then just kind of lost interest, like lost lost the thought that you know maybe this guy's going to go somewhere, like Jonathan Lewis and others. So, it, you know, sorry, Eric Williamson, I'm sure you're, you know, great guy. Was, you, you seem like a great <laughs> you guy. Seem like a great you guy. seem like a great guy. You're but just not I'm just standing not. Out. I'm not pumped. I'm not pumped. So yeah. So for me, it's like yeah. How, how many minutes can we get some of these guys who have a legitimate shot at? you know, really contributing to this cycle and potentially future cycles as well. And George Bellow totally fits the bill there, uh, even in a, a crowded midfield pool. Yeah, I would give I would give Bellow another oh, look. Oh, sorry, I, However, I meant to say Busio, not Bellow. Oh, Busio. So Busio fits fits the bill. Um, there are things that he's doing that that no one else is doing. Totally. Oh, no, and, like, and no. he, you know that he has played. He's he's done Weston McKenney things. He's he has been played at striker. He's been played at right back. He's played in midfield. So uh, that bodes very very well because you need, you know, we we can't just build our team around the flexibility of Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney because if those players get hurt, then all of a sudden you don't have that flexibility and things start to break down. You know, 
But I feel yeah. like I feel like uh, Busio can do a lot of the things that those guys are doing. Um, not at their level yet, but that's why he's here, and that's why this is a great. It's springboard. interesting. Yeah, it's interesting with Busio. He's a he's the type of player where um, he's going to need to get. He's going to need to outsize his gifts. Like his strengths are going to need to be above ninety, and because he's a young player, they're approaching you know the eighties. So his his half turn, his quick passing, um, and his like aerial passing. Uh, and his finishing are all he's he's strong at these things. His his offensive movement off the ball very strong. Um, his defense is not not never going to be impressive. It's just I don't I'm not I don't see it. I don't see that see that happening. And that that can be okay if these other skills are able to get to a point where he is dominant on on you know at the highest level, um, which he could get. He actually could do. Uh, this reminds me of who's the guy who went down with the ACL. He's a he's a Mexican American dude. Um, you once referred to him as my spirit animal. Who he was on the U nineteen team with uh, Dust. Oh, um, are you talking about uh, uh, Richie Ledesma? Richie Ledesma, thank you. Um, similar situation there, right? Like this is a guy who could who if his if their talents get to a certain place. He will be sort of undeniable, um, but until they until he gets to that place, or or if he never gets to that place, and I'm talking about Busio, um, he'll be a liability. Yeah, there are weaknesses. So is, there are weaknesses there that are unlikely to go away, and so the strengths yeah. have to overcome them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, is a somewhat, you know, Jackson Yulish. <laughs> it is. It is. So, but yeah. but the the difference here is that is that Busio is is showing way more skills. Uh, right. It's not just right. the one; it's many. Um, and um, he is. He's, well, yeah, and I, I don't know if I necessarily agree. What are you saying? You're saying that you don't think that Busio can ever be like a really effective stopper six. I am saying that. Yeah, I don't see him turning into like a tank ever. Well, yeah, I mean, but I, I don't think you need to be a tank to play that position really well and to to have a huge impact on the game. So, so I, I think Busio is going to be a home field. He's a what? What do we he's say? A, we have he's the a home team. team. Yeah, he's a home Busio's team. Busio a home team. We'll guy. see. We'll see. One one thing that'll be interesting is that you know uh, the, I think the move to Europe really reveals that with a lot of these players, and yeah. I think the you know the majority of the players who we think of as uh, home teamers primarily are the ones who don't want to leave you know the ones the ones who don't feel feel comfortable living in you know uh france let alone going to honduras to play a game and getting stuff thrown at you and all that so yeah so it'll be interesting i think i think it's likely that he goes over soon Um, i'm frankly i'm shocked it didn't happen yet because he's one of those guys with the the passport through his parents so he could have easily gone over at you know sixteen, um, which maybe supports your point. I don't know. I think we we need to find out a little bit more about him. But I'm I'm well. I'm I don't say that. home team. I don't say home team as a negative. I just say that as he's not a he's not a scrappy player. He's not for scrappy games. Um, well, we certainly haven't been able to see that yet. That's that's maybe definitely he is. true. But but, but maybe yeah, he is. we'll see. We'll see. I think the what's this scrappiest possible game here probably i mean mexico is always a freaking battle but um, maybe maybe like face, one of the good central american teams yeah you know or if we face a jamaica qatar yeah i don't think of jamaica that way a lot i don't think they play as aggressively as honduras plays or oh yeah El Salvador, you're right. honduras. Costa Rica. oh baby oh baby i'm getting psyched now so yeah I, I, that's that's exactly Are you it, starting to that's, feel it? that's what i want to see that's what i want to see busio get you know, get hit and see yeah. see how he reacts. And and you know, it's 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 well and good to play in at home in these kind of soft games. You know, I think he's showed enough to earn a, a uh, start against Canada, and you know that goes well. Hopefully, he gets to play in some of the the higher stakes games to come. So let's talk about that. We saw a starting lineup um, versus Haiti that felt very regressive, uh, and then we saw that substituted out. 
for something closer to what we wanted to see. Then we saw a starting lineup today, personnel-wise, that was pretty pretty much what I think we would have asked for. Yeah, um, yeah, more or less, yeah. And then it got subbed out for the Yuli. Correct. And Yuli yeah. and company yeah. uh, came on in. And, but got to say, the team looked worse when that happened. Substantially, yes. Substantially worse. Um. What do you think is uh, put on put on your Greg hat for me for a second? Who oh starts boy. against Canada? Um, I think the first lineup starts against Canada. Nice. If I'm Greg, yeah. Really cool. Cool, really bro. Cool stuff. Really. Cool. I think he's he's gonna die on this Christian Roldan Jackson Ewell Hill. Yikes. That's I, I, just my expectation. So I hope I'm wrong. I hope I I don't know I I I certainly think uh, based on the two games you got to give DK a start right I don't know Z- that Zardes goal really set us back <laughs> that Zardes set goal us back set us years. back like six on our Greg years, our Greg progress <laughs> yeah I know man it's like DK really tried he really got somewhere by the end of this by the end of his minutes and then Zardes just came in and wiped it all away yes. Yeah. By scoring one nice goal against Martinique. Um, okay, so we had a question on the YouTube stream about about you know betting odds for this tournament, which I thought was an interesting question. And if you were a betting man um, and you saw the Yuli lineup start against Canada without being able to speak much to what you know, who's going to start for Canada. You know, maybe we're not totally in tune on all that, but we know Canada's good and we know who they got. Um, so we see Canada versus the Yuli lineup. What odds are you giving the U.S. to win that game? I would say that the the way this Canada roster looks is it's not too far below the U.S., but I think I think the U.S. probably is a just a notch above in pure talent, you know, just looking position by position. And they, they have a lot of MLS guys. We have a lot of MLS guys. I think our MLS guys are similar uh, in, in you know, status and, and success within the league. You could, you could make the uh, comparison with like Laren and, uh, and DK or Mark Anthony K and Ewell Roldan, you know, being at similar levels. Can we just say Ewell Dan from now on? Yeah, uh, combined into one mediocre. <laughs> player. Uh, so, so I think the the U.S. team is still you know slightly ahead, um, and then we're also at home. So, okay. so I think if it was in Canada, I would think Canada would probably be even at worst. Um, but I think I'll, I would I would still bet on the U.S. to to win that one. Uh, right. I'm interested to see though the it, it's it's uh, got to be it it has to play in at some point that this is such a like lower um like the de- the level of the depth chart that we're at in our team is much further down than is the case for some of these other national teams. So even if the resultant match is rather close don't you think it will affect canada to feel like they're playing against a u.s c team i think that it would affect the psychology the perception of the u.s team the way that the canadian national team players uh, perceive us would be affected slightly the way that the world perceives all this will not be affected at all. No one is aware. No one no one realizes sort of what you just said. How far this is from our 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 main um our main guys. Well, and do you do you buy the concept that these players don't even see it that way? I do not. Do you mean the US players? Yeah, cuz there's this there's this like pervasive narrative from halter from the press that's like what do you mean b team you know these these guys are great we, like there's there's this sort of uh reality distortion and do you think that the players also buy into that no 
So they, no. they get it. I think that they get it. I think that, uh, yeah, I think Miles Robinson, Daryl DK, and Luca Busio are all trying to go to Europe because they are aware what the deal is, what the fucking deal is. I think that, um, I think DK feels like he, sh- you know, maybe he he does have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder in terms of like, I am better than Josh Sargent. Like, what are you talking about? There, I, That I could see. Um, but like, does Matt Turner think that he's on the same tier as Zach Steffen? I don't think so at all. In fact, <laughs> he thinks yeah. that less than Twitter. <laughs> yeah, he thinks that less than Twitter. I think he sees himself as someone who could, you know, who has the potential to go there, um, to to push for for a starting spot from time to time to start a couple qualifiers. But I don't, I don't think anyone is confused on this team that this is a B team. Mm-hmm. I think if anything, maybe there's a internal. I'm always speculating about these like internal messages, but maybe there's an internal message that says you know what guys you know the world is saying you're a b team and um you know we get that right but let's prove them wrong right and i'm gonna go out there and i'm gonna tell them this is not a b team and i need you to go on the field and prove that right i i think you nailed it i think that's exactly what it is yeah yeah so So what do you what do you think uh people should sort of watch for in this game versus Canada, because this is the game of the group stage, without a doubt. Um, Haiti, Martinique, those are both such caveated experiences. Um, and although the caveats remain, uh, <laughs> this this game versus Canada is one that feels to me like a game. This is a real game. We've seen this. I've I've, I've I'm getting psyched. I'm getting the feels. I've seen goals. I've I'm starting to understand. You know this particular iteration of the u.s national team what it is kind of how the each player is playing into what this group is um i'm starting to see it and i'm starting to catch feels about about it and and usa versus canada feels like it has a little bit of substance to it coming up how do you think people should watch this um should what do you think they should be keeping an eye out for so well what i'm going to be looking for the most from the US team is whether we will actually stick to our principles of the way that Greg wants the team to play. And I often get frustrated by his lineup choices and lots of other things that we complain about ad nauseum. But I do really like that there is a concept. It's evolved a lot, but it, we have arrived at a concept that we've seen with the first choice group uh, with these like little little interchanges between the different positions and the you know consistent uh 4-3-3 and the um pat line breaking passes from the center backs and refusing uh to the death to boot the ball up to the striker and i really hope that this group is able to actually execute on that and not give in because the temptation is definitely going to be there to give in especially if if canada goes up early or if, you know, the, the pressure feels like it's on later in the game. And this is the group where I feel the most fear about that because this is the group that has been at home. And so they're, uh, you know, the, the most MLSy and perhaps the least likely to, uh, to adapt to a new model or concept. And, uh, and I think the, the most important thing for the program is that from top to bottom, everyone is able to play, uh, play similarly so that there's there's a compatibility because this is not the real uh test this is not the real contest world cup qualifying is what it's all about and so what i'm looking for are players who look ready for world cup qualifying when they have nine different teammates what if um what if this takes a turn for the competitive what if I think it will. What if- I think it will. I'm getting shades in this game of the uh, the Olympic qualifying um, yeah. group where the last game was Mexico. And Me- the Mexico game, which was irrelevant, was by far the best. <laughs> it was like the most yeah. energy that the U.S. team came out with in the entire tournament, which is understandable. It's Mexico. Also, Greg started... Or, uh, sorry, what's his face? Um, Jason Christ started, I think, four Mexican-Americans... 
Jesus in that game. Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And uh, and they were like, you know, they it looked like they had had several Red Bulls before the game. So it was it yeah. was. Uh, I don't know. I, in this particular scenario, I wouldn't mind that. Like I, I kind of. It, it it won't bother me too much if this team you know doesn't make the final doesn't make a deep run in this gold cup what 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 i'm looking to see are performances that give me the sense that this tier of players is as ready as the next tier of players you know so i would love for this to take a turn for the competitive and i and i think i hope that the the pride of the players gets kind of activated uh especially with this Absolutely. the the canada team clearly feeling like you know this is this is their time there that they're in the ascendancy. Um, Absolutely. So it's, it, it's a, it's a great opportunity to see our guys uh, get a, get a real test. This is a, a game that absolutely could be a semifinal. It's very similar, you know, sort of level match to the final that we played a couple of years ago against Jamaica uh, two two gold cups ago. And that was a very competitive game that uh, semifinal. J- there, there was a final that Jordan Morris oh, won oh. with a butt goal, or I, it was either his butt goal or just it was a it was a Zardes butt assist <laughs> to Jordan <laughs> Morris, sist. yeah, for the winner. But sis, late winner. There's more. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. So so the, yeah, this okay. is this is this is competitive Concacaf action. This is real shit. I'm, I'm I for one, I'm a huge fan of the burgeoning Canada USA Me too. rivalry. Me too. I, love I think. It. I love the USA-Mexico rivalry, but there is so much room. And I love it when... um, I love when there is a rivalry that is kind of only felt by one. So the US has this with Ghana a little bit. Like, we feel aggrieved by them. Not sure if they notice. Uh, (laughs) And I think there's a little bit of that happening with this Canadian national team where it's like, you guys are all talking about USA versus Mexico and we're fucking right here. And I think they, you know, I want to see that develop. I don't know what that involves, but it's going to be something sort of extracurricular, like some sort of someone, it's a narrative thing. Happen. Something is going to happen in this game that is going to be, you know, etched into the annals, if you will, not the butt <laughs> assists. <laughs> But the, but, but rather, uh, you know, the the records of of this of this rivalry, which mm-hmm. is not yet that big of a deal, but certainly uh, has the potential well, to become that, a pretty big deal. That's what it needs. That's what rivalry. it needs, isn't it? Yeah. It needs it needs a red. It needs like a yeah. a nasty red in the exactly. in the forty eighth minute. Exactly, and that 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 is what will start to define this rivalry is the those moments where you have you have open conflict and and uh, dislike. So yes. that's that's a pure that's a hope. What we oh, we, can we hope get a little for a can grudge. we get a little Io Akinola action? I would love for Io Akinola to come oh. in and draw or get the red. Yes, fantastic. Yeah. Okay. So and I briefly Io Akinola represents. This is a former U.S. youth team player who uh, he, uh, I think, grew up mostly in Canada and um, has played in Toronto FC's academy and now for the first team and has done really well in MLS and is, you know, getting better all the time. Good player, not quite good enough to be a consistent U.S. national team uh, contributor, but very solid and has a high ceiling and chose Canada. And this is a part of a broader trend of a lot of, you know, former fishies like Josh Perez, for instance, once of Fiorentina, made one appearance, played 10 minutes for Fiorentina. Uh, now now playing in, I think he's still in LA, I forget. Um, but he, he went to uh, El Salvador to play for his uncle, Hugo Perez. And uh, Alex Roldan as well. And Rubio Rubin. Players who are you know, dual nationals that maybe at one point the U.S. might have been kind of competitive about making sure we got. And you're seeing the U.S. now uh, not really fighting that hard for that tier of player just because the base of our pyramid of talent is so wide. 
that it's really not going to make a huge difference. And you even saw uh, Efra Alvarez, who would be decidedly in the picture for the U.S. national team, finally commit to Mexico, finally play for Mexico in a competitive match. And, you know, the 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 normally um, normally very hot U.S. soccer Twitter sphere barely cared about this because it was it, it's not going to make that big of a difference for this U.S. national team program. So that's that's new and interesting. And it's it, I think it will make the rest of the region better if there is a little bit more competition with the U.S. for some of these players. And I don't think it, the U.S. is at risk of uh, losing really, really big prospects that we shouldn't lose. Um, but I think it's. I think it, you might. I think you might. You might rue the day you said that about Efra Alvarez. That one might come back at us. Um, I am a little concerned good about that. But luck, hey, Efra. I, I, good luck, Efra. The Ju- Julian. What's his name? Julian Gonzalez. Yeah. I, I forget. I don't. I don't even care. I also forget. It's a beautiful thing. It was so important at some time. <laughs> I've deliberately forgot him. <laughs> I've deliberately forgotten all of my ex's names. Okay. Um, the my 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 sort of my sort of uh, ongoing hope is that, and and what it seems to me to be the case is that as we grow, so do so does the rest of Concacaf, and this whole thing is one thing that's growing all together, and. I think that the footballing world is sleeping on CONCACAF. I think over the next 20 years, we are going to see a very different landscape of, um, from what we have been used to seeing. Uh, Europe will be challenged by CONCACAF for supremacy. Mark, my mind. We got we to gotta get CONMEBOL first. Yeah, I know, I know, but Conma Ball is on its way down. I, I agree, and I'm I'm not trying to be a dick. I just, it's happening, dude. Yeah, we do have to get Conma Ball first. You're right. Well, so you know, uh, Tim Vickery, who is a a, a BBC um, journalist who covers South America, he has said for years that the biggest threat for South America is not Europe. The biggest threat for South America is North America. And you see this pipeline of players where it used to be that players would come up in South America until they were 21 or 22 and then go over to Europe. And now what you're seeing is that, you know, either they're going straight over to Europe at 16 or the first move is to the U.S., so your your uh, your Barcos and your um, what's his face the, Is the other Almiron? dude yeah Almiron that kind of player Pitti Martinez these are all uh, Atlanta United examples I've I've on a I'm a, on a wavelength but there's other examples there's other ones too um, this is now a much more standard pipeline and what that means is that the U S is going to slowly continue to, you know, approach and even surpass the level of the South American uh, club leagues. And that might already be the case with Argentina. I don't I don't know if that, you know, maybe the very top Argentine teams would like dominate MLS. I don't even think so. I think it's like it's quite close. Yeah. So and, you know, Brazil similar, I think I think the best Brazil Brazil teams would probably be at the top of MLS, but I don't. I, I think there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of MLS teams that would compete totally fine week in week out in in Brazil in Argentina. So, absolutely. Uh, so so that that's the the balance of power that's shifting is it, it's starting at the club level and that that happens faster because that can just happen because of money, you know, and then that slowly starts to build and percolate, you know, where where all of a sudden. South America is not is is now an exporter to North America. That totally shifts this whole paradigm, and I, I think that's that's where that change will eventually come from. Um, not for nothing, uh, the when the MLS finally does win a Concacaf 
Champions League. Oh God! Yeah, we gotta um, get that. They will first. have done so. <laughs> they will have done so on their off season. The day we win our first one of those is the is the day that it becomes abnormal for Mexico Mexican club teams to win the Concacaf Champions League. Like you're saying, it's going to happen once and then never stop. Yes, or rare. It will become rare. It will like. Because we're it, the MLS is so up against it in that tournament, and, and what we see is every year more and more MLS teams are filling out the ranks of you know each in each round, and just not getting to or winning the final. You know, when by the time we do win it, it will be because we have like seven out of eight quarterfinals. <laughs> well, they only let in five teams, I think. So that'd be hard. Well. That's what I said. But uh, you said you said seven. <laughs> I said five. The the thing with that is that I, there have been years like that a long time ago as well. So it's it's not it's not new that MLS has a lot of teams in the latter stages. Just always, always, always turns out with the Mexican team winning. Doesn't matter right, how well, the teams look. We'll solve that for another day. We'll save um, it for another day. I I'm I'm totally down with sunglasses, but I just have a hard time figuring out when to wear them. There's just not enough opportunities. I feel like it gets dark. It's always I'm always just too late. Oh, are we doing this? I wear my sunglasses at night. Now wear my sunglasses <laughs> at night. Ty and I both just put on sunglasses on the YouTube stream. Tune in with us. Um, I really like. Um, Triple plugs, you go, you go with the, you got the one plug that you need, and then it just expands into three plugs. Like magic. Amazing. It's like magic. If you get, if you get a bunch of those, you got as, you can have as many plugs as you want. And I don't pay attention to the utilities as far as I can tell. <laughs> it's fucking the same. It's free. Uh, it's free, dog. More plugs. <laughs> Let's go. And I very much like um, cut, cutting off uh, my jeans by myself. Um, but man, the success rate is as is, is similar to MLS teams in the CONCACAF Champions League. It almost never works out. However, uh, I just don't love any of that stuff. As much as I love these Nats, get psyched for USA Canada, folks. Let's go, boys. It's We the Peeps. We the Peeps. Welcome to We the Peeps. Are you ready for We the Peeps? Holy moly, it's We the Peeps. <laughs>